You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And we're back again, Lewis. We're back again from, what are we back from? The The last show? The week from hell. (laughs) We're back. We are back. We're back. We're back again. We're back again. We're talking Dolphin football. Tomorrow is the NFL draft, and most Dolphin fans will be asleep. (laughs) You know, Mike, I haven't even given it a thought the whole week. You know, I, I just haven't even thought about the draft at all, which is crazy because usually we're so hyped, especially over the last few years with all the draft picks and, you know, so on right, and so and forth. Speculation and everything else. Yeah. Right. I mean, we had two last year. We had three the year prior. I mean, you know, these last couple of drafts have been some of our more exciting, uh, you know, drafts leading up to the draft, you know, because of the amount of uh, draft picks that we had. I mean, especially that year that we had three. That's, you know, that's like three times the fun. You know, you love the first round. You love who you're going to get, you know, in that first round. You get really excited about, you know, bringing in an impact player. When you have three picks in the first round, it's like, oh, my God, you know, you're, you know, you're just so excited about it. Um, you know, so I remember you know, leading up to those drafts, uh, we were doing the podcasts at those point, you know, at that point. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were all just so excited about the situation. And, um, you know, this year, you know, it's kind of the complete opposite end of the spectrum there, right? Um, you know, we don't draft we don't, first, second round are going to go by, uh, what, half of the third round before no, we No, tra- more than half, almost the entire third round. The pick we have is one of the compensatory picks. Oh, God, is so it we're, really? we're at the bottom of the third round. Ugh, even worse. Thanks, Mike. You I believe it's pick salt in an open wound. <laughs> so. Salt in an open wound you did. You did me wrong, well, Mike. Well, you, you know, i got to set your expectations. Yeah, well, <laughs> now we'll be <laughs> – We'll be drafting late on Friday night, right? Yep. What do they? Um, oh my God! So the first first night is the first round. Yep. And then on Friday we got third. second and thirds. So yep. <laughs> around eleven o'clock, we can tune in on Friday night. Well, you never know. I mean, they could trade back up into uh, an earlier round, right? The possibility is they there. could. It's always there. I mean, you know, hopefully there'll be some doll fans watching the drift i so won't be you know. personally yeah <laughs> i mean you know i'll follow it to some extent you know i'll i'm gonna be traveling tomorrow so um you know i'll keep an eye on it i'm sure you my son a couple other people will keep me posted on who got who went where so on and so forth so um you know it, it is exciting to some extent but not so much for us you know i just hope that the bills and the jets and the Patriots, um, you know, they don't do very well. That's that's all we care about. 
that's you know that's the thing i mean the jets have a lot of picks they they're they look like us a couple of years ago they do you know we we just gotta hope that we hear names and we you know we respond with the who uh-huh and the jet what fans the are hell booing. are they doing yeah <laughs> the jet fans are booing <laughs> <laughs> that happens quite a bit. That's it does. A, it it's does. so funny. funny. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. But um, anyway, Daniel's out there, huh? Well, so, hopefully Daniel's having a good time out. All there. right. So anyway. it's Friday night and it's late, and we get our first pick. Who? We, who? What position do you think we go for first? Oh goodness! I mean, well, I've said it before. You know, I mean, we know what we know what the needs are. You know, the the offensive line we we address to some extent. You know, but um, we can use an upgrade at the center position. Um, I'd love to see a good young running back, you know, to complement the two veteran guys that we signed this year. Yeah, you know, we'll take line- a running back in the seventh. Yeah, that seems to be the trend here. Or we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll uh, bring in an undrafted rookie and, uh, and have him work with the team. But, you know, the linebacker position – you know, could use some depth. I mean, we've got some guys that have been around a while, and um, there's not a lot of youth there at this point. I would love to see a good young linebacker come in and just, you know, shake things up a bit. So, you know, those are the need positions. But, you know, I've said this before, Mike, and I'll say it again, you know, especially when we're getting into the third round. I mean, you take the best available player, regardless of what position he plays. And, and you know, that that's my thought on it. And, you know, that that can go anywhere from, you know, the, you know, a position that we're deep at, you know, maybe in the secondary uh, to quarterback, you know, if there's a, a quarterback that they say, wow, this guy has potential, he's rough on the edges, whatever. I mean, I say you take the best possible, you know, the best available player there, um, the highest rated player, and you roll the dice and hopefully you come up with something at that point. Um, you know, they addressed a lot of needs through free agency um, and trades, and uh, they've put themselves in an extremely nice position. But, you know, to hit a home run on a guy here in the third round would just it would just be icing on the cake for us. It's happened before, right? It has happened before. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, draft history, dolphin draft history, you know, in, in regard to the third round. There's been some really good names over the years. Um, most recently, Brandon Jones, right? Yeah. He's a starting safety, and he's a good one. Um, you know, six career sacks already from the safety position. That's production. You know, right. we, we like what we see out of him. Um, Dieter, you know, there's still a big question mark over his, you know, over his head, but you know, if he wins that starting center position, that's another, you know, hit in the third round. Uh, Jerome Baker, yep, who's, you know, a starting linebacker and has been for us, you know, probably our best linebacker and has been for the last few years was third round pick. And then, um, you know, if you go back further than that, you know, Kenyon Drake, who was productive for us, uh, Olivia Vernon. Yep. You know, Crowder, Channing Crowder was yeah. starting linebacker for us for a few years. Very good football player. Um, you know, the most prominent guy, you know, uh, more recent. I mean, we can go way back on some guys. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Jason Taylor, I mean, Hall of Famer in the third round. I mean, yep. 
Take that all day long, right? Take that all day long. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the running back, was productive for us. Terry Kirby was an outstanding, outstanding running back for us. Went on and played with the 49ers and the Raiders after he left us, Cleveland. But when he was with us, I mean, my goodness, that guy caught 50, 60 balls every year. He was a phenomenal pass receiver. And he was, um, I believe he was blind in one eye, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Kirby was just an incredibly gifted football player. It was very, very productive for us out of that third round. Farrell Edmonds was a really good tight end for us for quite a few years. And then you go further back and you got Tony Nathan, who was, God, he was he was just outstanding. Uh, Jimmy Cephalo and Nat Moore. I mean, yeah. you know, just really, really solid third-round players. I mean, Nat Moore wound up playing how many years in the NFL? 14, 16? Yeah, quite a few at receiver. Played. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. Um, so, you know, there guys can be had in the third round. Um you know, we you see you you heard that we've got guys that are starting on our football team right now. Three starters last year that came out of the third round that that were on the team last season. Got a Hall of Famer and Jason Taylor there, so it can be had. We can snatch somebody in that third round, Mike. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope we do. I mean, you know, uh, you, you this team needs it. They they need as much talent as they can possibly get. So. You hope that they've done their research and uh, they identify players that are going to come in and if not win a job, at least push the guys in front of them to uh, perform better. Yep, absolutely. No question about it. Um, where, what do we have after that, Mike, after the third round pick? We only have three We have others, a third, right? a fourth, and two sevens. Yeah. Woof. It's weak. My goodness. And like I said, it's a late third, so it's, you know. <laughs> yes. Yep. More like a fourth. Yep. Closer to a fourth than yep, it is a third. Yep, but, yep. Well, it is third. Anyway, that, that didn't make much sense. But anyway. Um, well, it's one, like I said, it's one of the compensatory picks, which they didn't used to give. So, you know, comparing a third round pick uh, that we're taking to, you know, years ago is not quite equatable, but it's close. Yep. Gotcha. 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 So, um, you know, and, and then you go into the fourth round and, and you, you had not quite as many uh, identifiable players, but uh, there were a few. I mean, I think of Brian Hartline. Uh, mm -hmm. He was a fourth rounder. Uh, Walt Akins was a fourth rounder. Mm -hmm. uh, Durham Smythe, who, you know, is on the team now, and uh, Solomon Kindley. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Solomon's going to make the team. We'll see, but uh, we'll just see how that all plays out in camp right lamar miller was a fourth round pick yeah. out of um and you know he he was pretty solid running back for us um you know that that was not a bad fourth round pick i mean you know dwight hollier a pretty good linebacker yep dwight hollier going fought paul solii yeah nose tackle yeah it was very productive for us absolutely uh, for years i loved him yeah loved me too him. Me too. I Absolutely him loved him. Really, really. Travis Daniels was a cornerback for us who came in the fourth round. Um, didn't stay around all that much. Randy McMichael yep. was a really gifted tight end. Um, came out of the fourth round. So, yeah, I mean, in the fourth round, there are guys to be had as well. You know, it's it. they're there. You know, it's uh, funny. We seem to find more players in the fifth round than we do the fourth. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that is, but it is. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It really is. Yep. You know, it's funny how, how it all works. You know, Brian Cox was a fifth round pick. Yep. I mean, he, and he was an outstanding player. So, you know, what we're getting at here is that, you know, you can find some really, really good football players in the latter round. So, you know, let's just hope they, you know, they pull, they, they pull some uh, rabbits out of a hat and, uh, you know, add some more talent to an extremely talented football team. You know, on paper, we've got, we, we, we look good. We really do. But we can get better. <laughs> yep. And every, so, us and everybody else, right? Mm, well, we don't care about everybody else, Mike. I don't. I don't care about them. You don't care about them, huh? I don't care about them. I don't care about another doggone team in the NFL other than the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I think we all share that. So I'm looking here, and, and the guys have asked us to uh, touch on a couple of things. Uh, Steve Medema asked, uh, who would be the new Debo Samuel in our offense? And uh, who do we think would be the best fit for that role? And I think the guy who would be the best fit would be Debo Samuel, and I don't see us doing that. <laughs> well, uh, not unless we're giving up our first rounders next year, right? Um, you know, and um, I mean, there's one football guy, so I mean, you know, there's one football. You've got Waddle, you've got Kasicki, you've got Tyreek Hill, you've got two solid running backs. Hey, Lewis, I was looking on Twitter and. Uh, one of the guys that people are putting into that role, you know, uh, is Lynn Bowden. And yeah, uh, he's, um, he said he'd rather be himself. He doesn't want to be Debo. I mean, why do we have to be – we don't need a Debo. We really don't. I mean, you know, it'd be fantastic. But, you know, Gasicki may be a guy that they utilize in a way that he hasn't been utilized before. And there you have it. You know, you've got a player, and I'm not talking about him running the ball and catching the ball as a receiver and then lining up. He ain't breaking no tackles. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, there are guys that fit that role. As you look at our roster, there is not a guy that fits that role. So, you know, don't try to put square peg round hole. A square peg into a round hole. No, not necessary. You know, you you. You have what you have in front of you, and you utilize them to their best abilities, and that's how you roll. We don't have to force feed um, a guy into that sort of role. I mean, if they would have went out and, and signed, you know, Corderell Patterson, um, you know, that's a whole different ball game because he fits that role. But right. you know, when you've got a guy like Mozart. And you've got a, you know, you've got Edmonds. Those are the running backs. They're going to run the ball most of the time, and it's as simple as that. And you got Gaskins behind them. You don't see a receiver like Tyree Kill or a Waddle doing that sort of thing. I mean, Debo's a pretty big, strong guy. He runs hard. You know, there's just nobody on the roster that really fits that role. Unless you're right. putting Preston Williams back there, maybe that's why they re-signed them, Mike. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, he he is probably the biggest receiver we have, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, kinda, he's so, a little bit injury prone, isn't he? Well, absolutely. You know, but again, you know, to answer that question, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't see Debo coming here, number one. And number two, I don't see a guy on the roster 
other than the the gentleman I just mentioned, I don't think you know. I don't think that'd be a good situation. So yeah, I, I know the Jets are uh, pretty. At least they were pretty interested in uh, Debo. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but that was that was the talk a few days ago. We don't really want him in our division. I mean, you know, I hope he goes elsewhere. We really don't want. He's he's a really good football player, and yep. um, I'd rather him stay in the NFC. You know, stay out of the conference, stay out of the division. Stay out of our way. Well, all the, all the quarterbacks came. Now all the receivers are going to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, Mike, you know, why we're on the Debo um, talk, you know, the NFL, you know, as it is, you know, this sort of thing is just, I'm, get, I'm getting tired of it. You know, I mean, these guys, you know, wanting to leave and this and that for yeah, one reason. Yeah, it's a little bit of a another. tail wagging the dog. It, you know, it's getting to a point where, you know, as a fan, if you're a San Francisco 49er fan, you know, I mean, that's the lay. you know, you look at this guy and he's one of your best football players. Yeah. And, you know, you just, you, you fall in love with the guy as a player and then this sort of thing happens. And, and this seems to be happening quite a bit these days. And They've got to figure out a way, and I don't think there is a way to, you know, to, to just stop the, you know, them dictating as to what is, you know, what they want to do and where they want to go and that they're not happy here and they are. I mean, listen, there's how many guys in the NFL, Mike? I mean, look at some of the bad teams. I mean, you think the players there are happy? You know, course, I mean. Of course not. It goes right. in cycles. <laughs> I, I get it to an extent, but. You know, be thankful. You know, you're with that team. If, I mean, if there's something that's underlying that's just over the top, you know, just not a good situation for you where you don't have a great relationship with a coach or whatever, and we don't know what the situation is really. But, you know, to me, it just seems like these guys just don't want to be where they're at and they're just, you know, pushing to go elsewhere. You know, it's that simple. Well, what the league has to do and they won't do is, is make an example of somebody, you know. You got a guy like uh, Debo who's not happy, so you cut him and, and, you know, the owners collude and they don't pick him up. Yep, yep. And what, you do that a few times and all of a sudden the players will be happy. Exactly. The NBA playoff means next-level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, Place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. So download the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the uh, first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner in the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. That's how it used to be done. You know, now it's a different day. Mm-hmm. Have we ever discussed uh, Sean Payton coming here? I don't think we have. Why would we? Well, that's it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Brady thing along with that and 
somebody asked what that means for McDaniel. It doesn't mean anything for McDaniel. Uh, if McDaniel goes out and has success, it's a non-story. So, you know, you would, th you would think that that's what you'd be rooting for rather than worrying about Sean Payton. You know, Sean Payton, listen, I, I think we've got an extremely talented coach here at this point. I mean, well, yeah, they, he, hasn't coached, he hasn't coached a game yet. He's a genius. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I personally, I think he, he's a talented guy. I do you know, too. I think he's going to do a really solid job for us. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much say he had in this free agent situation. I'm sure he had some say. And they went out and they did a really good job. You know, they, they, they attacked, um, you know, situations that needed to be addressed. And they did a really good job at doing so. Now, we, you know, we don't, we know how he is as an assistant coach. We don't know how he is as a head coach, but right. I have faith in him. I think he's going to be very solid. Now, you know, if you brought him in and, um, you know, this is going to be a one year situation, you know, that, that does an injustice to the whole organization. It does an injustice to Tua. Um, uh, it does an injustice to all the coordinators that are underneath McDaniels right now, because Peyton will bring in a whole different group of group of coaches and it's a whole different system all over again. So if in fact something like that was to happen, I'd be shocked and I'd be, you know, I'd be pissed to be honest with you, unless McDaniels just completely falls right on his face. Uh, and, you know, and we have a two and 15 season, you know, or, you know, the coaching is just horrible. The team's not disciplined. I mean, all those things happen. Okay, maybe. But, you know, to, to sit here and have that, that conversation right now when you've put things in place, you know, I think it's just foolish. Agreed. I, you know, I, I don't see a reason for it. You know, I, first of all, if this was going to happen, it would have happened before McDaniel was hired. And, uh, you know, that didn't happen. Now, there was some speculation that the reason it didn't happen was because, you know, Brady wasn't going to be released by Tampa or whatever the situation is. But, uh, you know, I, I think it, right now we ought to be looking towards the future and not, you know, something that could have, might have, you know, or maybe even should have happened. Right. I mean, compensate. I mean, listen, it, it, does it really help the team? I mean, you know, okay, so you bring Peyton in and you bring Brady in and, you know, you've got, you've got a situation with Brady where at some point, you know, I don't care, you know, if he's Superman, doesn't <laughs> matter. At some point he's going to slow down. And, um, you know, he had a really, really good football team around yeah, him. We've been Tampa. saying that for eight years. We, we have been. And you know what, Mike, you know, he, he still does an extremely good job, but Man, he throws some stink bombs out there, you know. Every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had quite a few stink bomb games this past season. And, I mean, you know, he's old. I mean, so you're bringing a guy in for a year or two and, you know, rolling the dice there. And the compensation for Peyton and, you know, for Brady would just set us back. I mean, it's not only the fact that you're investing in an older player, but it, it's the compensation that you're going to be giving up, you know, for those two gentlemen. So, you know, I, I don't like it. You know, I think we're in a great position. Um, very talented team right now with, with two first round draft picks next year and two third round draft picks and uh, a, a number two in between that. I mean, you know, so, you know, if in fact, you know, we don't get to where we need to get this, this upcoming season, 
you know, we, we can address a lot of things the following season, you know, especially with the two number ones. So the, the, the organization as a whole is in a really good position right now, you know, with their free agent signings and, and the, um, you know, where they've put themselves in regard to draft picks in not this year's draft, but next year's. Michael Tennant asks, what second or third year player will make the jump this year? What second or third year player will make the jump from where? Building? Where is he jumping from, Mike? Well, he's not jumping off a building. What he's talking about is excellent. I know what he's talking yeah. about. I'm kidding. Um, let's see. We'll make the jump. The two guys in the secondary, Holland and um, Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones, I think. You know, as a tandem, you know, with with the experience they got last year, are going to get even better. I mean, I think that you know both of them, especially Holland, without a question of a doubt, will get better. And Holland has the ability to be, you know, a Pro Bowl player and one of the best safeties in the NFL. I mean, he's he's a good football player. Yeah, somebody said he's going to be the next Ed Reed, and I didn't say anything. But uh, my response to that is, it's a different game today. He can't be the next Ed Reed. Yeah, Ed, Ed, listen, Ed Reed was he well, knock your lights out. He, he he and he was just great. He was a yeah. ball, you know, he was a ball hawk. I mean, that guy, I mean, that that's that's a that's a guy that you're comparing um Holland to to. I mean, that those are big shoes to fill yeah, right there. I mean, that that's you know, he he's got a ways to go before, you know, I start talking, you know, and <laughs> talking about him being you know, another Ed Reed, but, but he is an extremely talented football player. Um, you know, you look around the roster, Mike, and, um, you know, I'm I'd, thinking Robert Hunt. Yeah. Robert Hunt, you know, is, is a guy that can definitely take the next step up. Um, you know, but I think that the guy that absolutely has to, I mean, as far <laughs> as necessity is concerned is Eichenberg, you know, I really think, I thought you're going to say Tua. Well, I mean, Mike, you know, we talk about Tua until we're, you know, we're blue in the face. I mean, we know that that's a gimme. I mean, yep, you know, yep. we, we, everybody, you know, as a Dolphin fan, whether you love Tua or you, you know, you don't like him, um, you know, we all know that, you know, he has to play better football. But, you know, in regard to answering your question, I think that, you know, Eichenberg, that right tackle position, Mike. You know, it, it, there's there's guys on this roster. One of them's going to be playing that position. I think Eichenberger Eichenberg has to take a step forward. Um, well, if Eichenberg know. and Hunt both take a step forward and they solve the center position, we're going to have a really good offensive line. We sure will. There's no question about it. I mean, I think you know Hunt is already there. Um, can he get better? Absolutely. You know, we want him to be a Pro Bowl player, but you know, he was very solid last season. Um, we got to hope that Eichenberg develops into what Hunt did in year two. And um, the other guy that you really want to see take that step is Phillips. Oh, uh, without a question of a doubt. Um, do do I think he's going to take that step forward? You know, I just don't know, Mike. I mean, I've you know, I I wish I could answer that question. But, you know, as I look at him, you know, I, I, I see question marks. You know, I, I see, um, you know, I, I, I see a guy like when we watched Jason Taylor in season one 
and I watched him in season one. I didn't see the same player. I just well, didn't. They were know. taking him out on third down quite a bit last season. And but that, that effect, says that, that affected his production. But Mike, that says enough in itself. Period. That's you can stop right there. <laughs> with, with the fact that they they were taking him out says it all. That's it. You, you you know, there's there's no coming off the field if you are going to be productive in situations, period. They're not going to take a guy. It's like taking X-Man off the field in a passing situation. You don't do it. You don't do it. So right there and just what you said, the fact that he wasn't on the field tells you all you need to know about Phillips. He has to get better. There's no question about it. And that's where my issues lie. Now, he was a rookie. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But as I was saying, Jason Taylor in season one, I saw a lot more out of him. You know, I was like, this guy is special. You know, Phillips, I, I don't really feel the same way about him. You know, I feel more so like a, um, a Marco Coleman, you know, that I watched in season one, who became a solid player, but not, you know, not a guy that, you know, was over the top you know, spectacular in any way, shape, or form. He was he was a marginal player. So let's just hope he develops into that. But yeah, you hit it right on with him. Um, you know, I he's a guy that I just don't I just don't know. I, you know, I'm not so sure about. I, I have I think a little bit more faith in Eichenberg, believe it or not, than I do in Phillips right now, taking a you know, a big, big jump forward. But we'll see. You know, yeah. hopefully I'm wrong. I'd love to see the guy become a force on that opposite side of Agba. All right. And, uh, well, he'll go over 1,200 yards and waddle over 100 catches. <laughs> well, there's no reason not to believe, you know, other than the fact that, you know, he's got Tyreek on the field. I mean, to where Waddle can't get another 100 catches. I mean, now he's got a real threat on the field, you know, uh -huh. um, around him to where teams have to pay attention. And, you know, I don't know if it's necessary for Waddle to get to 100 catches again. I think that if he gets more yards this year and on less catches, I'll be thrilled. I don't care if he catches 70 balls and goes for 1,400 yards. That's what you want to see. Right. Um, you know, 100 catches for, what was it, Mike? thousand twelve hundred no 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 waddle last year had a hundred catches yeah. for it just over a thousand yeah, just right? over a thousand i mean so basically he averaged about 10 yards a catch we want that average up up and so to see up we want it up 14 yep. 15 16 yards per catch um you know which is doable um tyreek hill 1200 yards you know, I mean, very, very doable. But, you know, again, you know, it just depends. You know, they got to stay healthy. I mean, there's other variables. Yeah. I know? mean, Tua likes Waddle a lot. Yep. I mean, he favors him incredibly. And I mean, you, you remember when Marino had Duper and Clayton, right? I mean, one week it would be Duper going off for a couple of scores. The next week it would be Clayton going yeah. off. You know, it, it wasn't the same guy all the time. And I don't think it will be here either. I, I, I agree. I mean, there's no question. There's no, you know, there, there's no question about that. I mean, I think on given weeks, you know, the running game is going to carry us. Um, you we know, hope. with the talent that we have, I think that we're capable of doing that at this point if everybody stays healthy across that offensive line and the running backs stay healthy. So, 
there's a lot of different ways that this team can beat you. Um, you know, if you look at the 49ers, you know, where McDaniel came from, they didn't have guys that, you know, had, you know, big, big yardage years or, you know, or over the top. I mean, they had guys that basically complemented each other. And, um, you know, Kittle had big games, but, you know, that's only because he just creates. I mean, he'll catch a 10-yard pass and take it 50. Yep. You know, he's that type of player. But in his offense, you know, I'm just not sure. You know, I don't know where the numbers are going to be because I think they're going to spread the ball around quite a bit. So, you know, as long as they're winning football games, I, I, I don't care about the, the, the amount of receptions and the yardage that follow those receptions. You know, I think that, you know, you go on the field, you win football games, you're productive. The, the offense defense moves. will dictate who's going to have a good day. I mean, that's pretty much how it works. Yep. Agreed. Um, let's see here. Um, surprise cut. Surprise cut. Well, I'm, I mentioned Solomon Kinley. He's somebody who I would think is is teetering a little bit. You know, I think Austin Jackson uh, is, you know, if, if a guy like Kinley takes a step forward, you know, I mean, there's only so many positions on the field, you know. Um, you know, it, you could see him go. I, it wouldn't surprise me in the least, though. That that wouldn't be a surprise. Um that's tough, Mike. It really is tough. Um, you know, man, Gaskins, you know, Gaskins, you know, that, yeah. that would be a surprise, you know, at the end. I mean, if, if they like a med, you know, over him, right. Um, Dokes, you know, develops, uh, Gaskins could be, I don't think Dokes is going to be a good fit for that offense. Yeah, I I don't know, Mike. I mean, you know, we we talked about um, you know a power guy, right? I mean, that's right. what Daniel was talking about, you know, having a, a power guy. And I think I said that, but yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of you guys said it on one of the podcasts. I mean, but you know, if you look at the roster, I mean, there is a possibility that Gaskin doesn't make the team. I mean, you know, if Ahmed outshines him, you yeah. know, and you've got the two veteran free agents that you signed, I mean, they're that that's a possibility yeah, you know that's, it is possible yeah i so. don't know if it's likely but it's definitely possible it would be a surprise yep. you know but you know as you look at the roster you know there's not a lot of guys you know that you know as i look at them would be a surprise gaskin would would somewhat be a surprise i think and, and a possibility. the other thing is you know who impresses in camp you know if they if they have uh let's just say a safety come in, you know, and uh, do really well, then then Roe could be in some jeopardy. Yep. You know, exactly. it just it just depends on, you know, what happens over the summer. Exactly. Uh let's see. Thoughts on Madison and Sertain coming back to uh, coach. I love it. I absolutely love it. That may have been the best cornerback tandem at that time in our history in no quite yeah i well, think well, yeah. well in football at that time and yes in our history without a doubt i don't think there was a better cornerback tandem at any point you know even on the even on the super bowl teams you no know, they the were corners. good but the, the foley was a bit weaker than these guys are yeah curtis john i mean listen th- those two guys were both phenomenal phenomenal football players and i love the fact that they're both here i mean i think it's great i mean i've met both of the guys they're great individuals and um 
you know, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, listen, you've got <laughs> got such a talented secondary. And now you've got guys that have been there. That done know the that. tricks. They know that the tricks. They know the tricks. And I mean, God, I mean, if that's going to help Holland and, and Jones get better, and, you know, you've got the two veterans at the cornerback. Well, position. the guy you wanted to help is Igbenogany. Yes. Well, without a question of a doubt. He, it, listen, if he somehow develops into a really good football player, that's just a guy that, you know, we're not even thinking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's an afterthought on this football team. He's a guy that, you know, we don't even think is going to make the football team. If he somehow in three, in season three comes out and plays like a number one draft pick, I mean, that, that's more depth in the secondary that, you know, you can't have enough of those type of guys. So um, that would be phenomenal. And I mean, if these guys can't get him to, to the point where he needs to get, then, you know, then we, you know, he was just a big mistake on our part as far uh -huh. as drafting him. I mean, this is a make or break season for him. There's no doubt. All right, in the not-so-serious department, Lucas asks, take all the Miami head coaches in Dolphin history, put them in a ring, and who's coming out victorious? Who's coming out victorious? In regard to In, in, regard in, a, fist, to in a fist fight. In a fist, in a fist, fight. fist fight? Yeah. Well, God rest his soul, probably Sperano. I mean, he was the biggest out of the whole crew, and the uh, Oh, God, what's the fella's name that's over in Detroit now coaching? Oh, uh, Campbell. Campbell. Those those two guys, pretty big. Yep. You know, but Shula was a feisty son of a bitch, man. He'd probably kick the shit out of anybody well, in his He way. also asked, who would win a fist fight between Shula and Ditka? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, well, I'll just tell you, I answered Ditka. He was a tight end. Dom was a, a cornerback. So. Listen, that nobody, nobody's kicking Ditka's ass. Let me tell you something. Yeah, as well. And, pretty much and I'll tell I you said. what, if Ditka ever, ever heard that question <laughs> out of somebody, you know, he'd just give him that look and, you know, that snarl and just rip him a new ass. I mean, that guy is a tough son of a bitch, man. Yes, you know? he is. He is. Um, you know, you sure. remember him and uh, Buddy Ryan on the sideline? Oh, line? God. Yeah. Him and uh, just going at it yep. that night, we beat him on that yep. Monday night game. And, you know, I remember him getting in uh, the fridge's face that night because Dwight Stevenson was just throwing him around like a big sack of potatoes. I mean, it was, it was great. It was great. There was so much screaming on that sideline. He just, you know. They just had great. a meltdown. They had a meltdown. That's all. Yeah, they got their asses whipped and they couldn't yeah. handle it. They that's didn't it. know what to do with us. Yeah. They didn't know what to do with Danny Boy and Clayton and Duper and Nat Moore and the guys that Nat night. Nat Moore, what a game he had that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good stuff. Good stuff. Great stuff. One of the biggest wins in my opinion you know aside from the super bowls obviously one of the biggest wins in dolphin history oh really i think was. So. i think so it yeah. was just such a it was such a fascinating game going into it yep and uh i mean you know it would it was definitely a fun night to be there i mean that that, that place was electric and the team was jacked up and the 72 guys were on the sideline cheering them on yeah, that it may have been fun. my favorite game that I've ever attended. That one and the um, you know, the Jet Championship game yep. when they won fourteen to nothing with Dewey. 
you know, the championship game when we beat the crap out of the Steelers, I mean, we, we just blew them out. I mean, yeah, they, that, that they, wasn't a contest. It wasn't a I mean, it was fun, you yep. know, don't get, and the, when we be, beat Fouts in the playoffs after they beat us and, you know, the, the Epic in Miami, the following year, they came yep. right back here and we whipped their asses. We intercepted Fouts, I think, four times. That was a fun game. But that Monday night game, I mean, you know, it just had everything imaginable. It was a Monday night game, number one. And number two, you know, just everything that, you know, that that game was all about, you know, protecting the, you know, the undefeated season and, you know, the badass Bears who were just rolling over everybody. I mean, nobody was scoring points against them. I mean, we scored more points against them that night. I can't remember the stat. But we literally scored more points that night than they gave up over, um, I believe, an eight or nine game period over yeah, that season. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. All right, anyway. Lewis. Anything else you want to That's add it? tonight? No more questions. Well, there is, but we'll save them for another time. Yeah. No, I think we're good. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's. Keep me posted on the draft, Mike. You know, I'll, like I said, I'll be traveling. You know, keep me posted on who did what and so on and so forth. And um, we'll come back next week with our thoughts, I guess, on, you know, what we did with our four picks and what the Jets did with their 20 picks and yeah. the rest of the division and what they Don't did. Don't forget Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I said the rest of the division yeah. as well, you know. So, you know, it'll be fun. Kansas City's got two number ones now. You know, yeah. so they've got some the draft Eagles. Picks. Eagles have a lot of draft picks. Um, Eagles have a lot of draft picks. We don't care about the Eagles. Other conference, Mike. Yep. Other conference. Well, you it's know, relevant because they have some of our draft picks. Mm, well, they're not ours anymore, Mike. Nope. It's right. just like Devontae Parker is not ours anymore. He's irrelevant. Yep. He's an enemy now. <laughs> He's an enemy. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. All right. So uh, we'll be back next week. Got it. And uh, until then, fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. Go Greer. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care.